Welcome. From All Good Tales, it's Media Moments, a show about those strange, unique, weird and often bizarre times when the world changed forever in an instant. I'm Jack Murray. In this episode, I'm going to take you to a small town in Texas to look at how a traumatic event in the life of a little girl changed how we watch the news. Here's a media moment that changed the world forever. When an extraordinary thing happens to an ordinary person, it can capture the imagination of the whole world. Is it because we know it could happen to any one of us? Or maybe its only purpose is to feed an insatiable media, and the ordinary people are just pawns in a game. This is a story about one of those moments. It was the morning of October 14, 1987, in the recession-hit oil town of Midland in Texas. At just 18 years of age, Reba McClure was a young mother. The previous year, she married her high school sweetheart, Chip McClure. Their daughter, Jessica, was just 18 months old. On this sunny morning, Reba was with Jessica at her sister's house in a quiet suburban family neighbourhood with children playing, painted picket fences, front drives and gardens. Reba was helping her sister with her childminding business. With the collapse of oil prices, the town was gripped in the worst recession for over 50 years. Their new venture was nothing official. They were just trying to make ends meet by minding a few neighbours' children. Jessica was in the garden playing with the other children she was a feisty 18-month-old. In the family, she was known as on-the-go Jessie for her energetic nature. Her mother went into the house to make a phone call. She was only gone moments when the children screamed her name. She ran back out to the enclosed garden. Little Jessica was nowhere to be seen. Then she heard her cry out, but her voice seemed muffled, a distance away. She noticed a flower pot on the lawn had been moved. It had been covering a hole. She ran over looked down and could hear Jessica's voice. It was a disused well shaft. Jessica had fallen down. Reba couldn't tell how far. Her head was spinning. The blood drained from her face. She ran back into the house and dialed 911. She set in motion an event that would change the world forever. But more of that later. In the late 1980s, there was a revolution in the world of TV news. Ted Turner audaciously launched CNN as the world's first 24-7 news channel. His aim was to shake up the cosy consensus between CBS News and ABC. Turner wanted to spice up the news business, and at the launch, he explained his vision. I dedicate the news channel for America, the cable news network. Tulsa, Denver, London, Canton, Newark, Peking, Orleans, San Diego, Reno, Nicaragua, San Francisco, Seoul, Perth, the Marianne. Stand by. Ready? Three. Take three. Mike, you are. Three. Start to slow zoom in a little bit. Roll tape. Take three. Good evening. I'm David Walker. And I'm Lois Hart. Now here's the news. Welcome to our bureau in downtown Dallas. Welcome to California. I'm Mark Walton. This is Bob Berkowitz. I'm Kirsten Lindquist. I'm Mary Alice Williams, New York bureau chief for the Cable News Network. The job of CNN was to turn up the heat on CBS and ABC. At that point, live news was the preserve of presidential addresses and spaceship launches. CNN's arrival would change news and would mean more live stories and more breaking news. But despite the early fanfare, they hadn't captured the public's imagination. They needed a big story to make their mark. Let's return to Reba McClure, who had just realised that her daughter Jessica had fallen down a well. 
In just three minutes, the emergency services had arrived. The well was just 20 feet deep. The opening a mere eight inches, widened to over a foot at the bottom. They quickly lowered a microphone to hear Jessica. At the start, she was in good spirits, laughing, talking and looking for her mom. The rescue services decided to drill a second, much larger well shaft beside the one Jessica had fallen down. They would then drill across to Jessica and winch her to safety. They were sure it would only take a few hours. In a town of unemployed mining workers, one thing they knew better than anything was how to drill holes. They'd got this. Large industrial drilling equipment arrived very quickly and the parallel shaft was completed in hours. And that's when they hit solid rock. This was going to take time. It would be a very difficult operation. And then the media circus arrived. Journalists and satellite vans from all over the world came to Midtown. They did everything they could to get the best vantage points. Dan Rather of CBS News explains the background. The story is being covered by uh, newspapers uh, on mainland China. Uh, the stories received uh, display in newspapers in West Germany, the Netherlands, throughout uh, Brazil. It's a story that uh, has, uh, has caught, caught on, caught people's attention, taken people's interest, not only uh, in this country, but also abroad. This was the perfect story for CNN to make its mark and connect the power of a breaking life story with a whole new audience. And when the rescue attempt went into the third day, all three networks interrupted their scheduled programming to go live to Midland. The rescue of Jessica McClure was the only story that people wanted to hear. We interrupt our regular program schedule to bring you a special report from ABC News. Here is Ted Koppel. For the past 48 hours, Jessica McClure has become, I guess, the most famous 18-month-old child in the world, stuck at the bottom of a 22-foot well. The drilling team chose local paramedic Robert O'Donnell to rescue Jessica. He'd shown up after his working day, just to help out. He was picked because he was tall and thin. He was also claustrophobic, but he didn't mention that. He was to go the last few inches and bring Jessica to safety. Here she comes. There's clapping. Live and direct from Midland, Texas, Jessica McClure is up. She's alive. What a fighter. Just a tremendous sense of excitement and relief here. At 8.30pm on October 16th, 1987, Jessica McClure was rescued. She was rushed to hospital. Her injuries were serious but not life-threatening. She lost a toe due to her leg being trapped and scissored underneath her and had to undergo many operations in the years ahead. She received the well wishes of President Ronald Reagan and was hosted in the White House by President Bush. A rescue appeal set up in her name gifted her a trust fund of hundreds of thousands of dollars when she reached her twenties. The mammoth effort of the rescue services and the hundreds of local people had saved her life and brought a community devastated by recession much closer together. The story put CNN on the map and proved that a live moving picture makes an emotional connection that goes deeper than logic and lasts well beyond the actual event. To this day, Jessica lives in Midtown. She has no memory of falling into the well. She is a mother herself to two children and says they are her life. She has lived a private life away from the glare of the media. She doesn't speak of what happened to her children. And there you might imagine the story ends 
happily. But all is never what it seems. The glaring spotlight of the media's attention can have far-reaching and negative consequences. Jessica's parents split up a short number of years later, and the events of October 1987 sowed dangerous seeds in Midland. Initially a united community split terribly when the TV cameras arrived again a couple of years later to shoot a TV movie of the rescue. It seemed as if some people felt others were taking far too much of the credit. And most tragically of all, Robert O'Donnell, remember him? Jessica's kind and brave paramedic rescuer committed suicide in 1995. When the cameras, the TV shows and the attention went away, he descended into a depression unable to return to the normal life he had before. To those who'd listen, he said he left a lot of himself behind in the hole that day of the rescue. So when an extraordinary thing happens to an ordinary person going about their everyday life, why can it capture the imagination of the whole world? Is it because it could happen to any one of us? Or is it to feed the hungry needs of the media and the ordinary people are just pawns in a game? I know what I believe. Media Moments is brought to you by All Good Tales. There's only one way to resonate, and that's with a story. If you need to connect with your audience, we can help you. We help people tell great stories through podcasts, brand newsrooms, PR, presentations and strategy. Find us on at All Good Tales on Twitter or email story at allgoodtales.com. Media Moments can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Casts and anywhere you get your podcasts. This episode was written by Alex Sheehan and me, Jack Murray. Production and research was by Anna Henderson and sound supervision was by Al Dunn at Unique Media. Join us next week when we look at the power of live television on a night that Tommy Cooper took to the stage for the last time.